Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. She's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not gonna shout now. Shout now, she's not gonna shout. So get your headphones ready to hear what it's all about now. We'll have no fun, no fun, cause your trip is back as comes out today. We'll have no fun, no fun, cause your trip is back as comes out no fun the jen kirkman podcast season 10 episode 19 oh isn't this a great feeling you've just settled into whatever you're doing sleeping driving walking and you're like it's the beginning of a podcast anything can happen i've just got an hour to half listen to whatever jen's saying as she distracts me from my own thoughts oh it just here we are beginnings are always so great aren't they now That's right. There was no new episode last week. That was, that took me by surprise. I fully intended to do an episode. I ended up going to Los Angeles for what turned into me basically getting rid of my place there. And I'll tell the whole story on this podcast. Now, just a reminder, this is a fully listener supported podcast because this podcast only exists in full on Patreon. The ads that you hear right now, if you are listening on your favorite podcast app and you are not a Patreon subscriber, the ads that you're hearing right now are simply my ticket to ride to be on this great platform run by the Misfit Toys Podcast Network, which is run by Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap of the Never Not Funny Podcast, my dear friends. But So I do put out a 10-minute teaser every week for those of you who don't want to make the commitment to join Patreon, but who want a little something. But the podcast does 
pay some of my bills and um that happens all over on Patreon. And you can join for $3 a month. That gets you two episodes a month every other week. Or $5 a month. That gets you four episodes a month. Obviously, every week. But in my defense, so I didn't have a new episode last week. In my defense, September has five Thursdays. And this comes out every Thursday. So you know what? You're still going to get your four a month if you pay for it. And, and if you weren't, I would have made it up to you with, with an extra episode coming. But yeah, it was just... I was... Uh, well, you know, I mean, if you've ever moved, you know how crazy it is. And if you've ever done it in such a short notice as I did. But again, that story for Patreon only right now. So again, if you want to join, you can click the link in the show notes. And the link will be right there. Or if you don't know what that means, and you're like, I don't know what show notes are. Where do I look? What? Honey, she keeps talking about show notes again. I don't know what that is. Is it something we, I think it's something we get in the mail, but honestly, we get so much junk mail. I just throw it out. So I don't know what she means, the show notes. You can just go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Okay. Okay, great. You can also go to my website, jenkirkman.com. Click no fun. All the info's there. I think I got, you got it, right? So I saw this article on BuzzFeed. I actually just saw the headline and I, clicked the link and said, let me save this to talk about on the podcast. So the title is people are sharing the green flags. That means good signs, just in case you don't know from job interviews that tell you it's a good place to work. And one of the things that I saw in the tweet or the headline was that if a, uh, someone at a job interview asks you what your self-care routine is, that it's a good sign of a good place to work. And I vehemently dis disagree. Vehemently. Again, I think, um, I don't even want to blame generations. We're all, all of us in the workforce from 20 to 60 are making changes. I think all of us are looking around and saying, huh, it doesn't have to be dot, dot, dot this way, does it? Whether we are working half remote, half in the office, whether it's a more inclusive culture, whether it's taking a break for lunch instead of eating at your desk, whatever it is, we're all kind of looking at the way that society was set up around working hours. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're realizing we can keep making adjustments. You know, the 40-hour work week that some find so oppressive, that was brought to you by unions that were trying to save people from overworking and, you know, so, but now it's like, well, does it have to be between these hours? And what if you're this kind of person with this kind of circadian rhythm? And I'm all for office life not being the way it was in the 60s, you know, when it was just men running the thermostat. But at a certain point, I, I don't need this kind of bullshit in my job interview because I will say one thing I've noticed 
And and again, I'm sure there is a type of person that's like this of any age, but I I I only have experience with it mostly from younger people who ask me advice about comedy or whatever. What I'm what I find is that with younger people, kids today, they're not asking so much advice because they have something they need a solution to that they've done and they want to do better. They're asking, what did you learn that I can skip? Because I just want to get to the parts where I'm not falling on my face failing and where it's uncomfortable. And I get that instinct. I mean, hell, I would totally, probably, I don't know if I would now, but I I can see the temptation to want to not have to actually go through the growing pains of something. And look, you're going to hire people that you're going to vibe with in the interview and that are really skilled at whatever you're hiring them for. And then, you know, they might be really skilled. You might enjoy their work and they might end up being very annoying to work with or horrible or have no boundaries. And you might have to fire them. You as an employee might really feel good about the place that hired you. And then you get there and there's conflict. And you, I mean, there's going to be hiring, firing, and quitting. You can't ask so many questions in the job interview that everybody is going to absolutely know how this is all going to work out. You have to save some room for instinct because even if you're writing, writing, even if you're asking the most amazing questions of all time, people are self-conscious and they're going to white lie or they're going to say what they think you want to hear. Nobody fully feels confident in in themselves. Nobody's not second-guessing themselves when they're in any kind of interview. So I always think, why fucking bother with these personal questions? Because it really doesn't matter. If I'm hiring someone, if I was to hire a a 40-hour-a-week assistant, I literally don't care what he or she is doing in their personal time. As long as it's not illegal, and even then, as long as they're getting the shit done, you know, there's a lot of people who are a hot fucking mess. They don't do self-care. You know, they're they're drunk the minute they get home from work and they wake up with the Pringles stuck to their cheek and they get to work and you never knew that happened and they get it done. You know? If I had been asked these invasive questions in my 20s during my years as an administrative assistant at dot-coms, if they really knew who I was, it would have gone horribly, but I'm a really good worker. And it turns out that's as I'm learning, a lot of people with uh, who are high functioning with ADHD are they save one environment to be absolutely perfect in, and then they just collapse when they get home, you know, and and the people in your personal life get to see the real you. But you know, the the, the questions I got asked in my day was where do you see yourself in five years? And the answer is some version of, well, of course, working for this company, very committed, very committed, and you know, taking on more responsibilities. You know, they want to see that you don't want to just stay in one place because I don't know why that's bad, but whatever. But you don't want to be too like, well, I'm going to be in your position running the company. Like they don't want that either. And they want a little innovation, like and maybe someday starting a company of my own, you know, and then maybe say something personal like, no, you no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have been like, and I want to be married. Like you would not have ever mentioned your personal life. And then they go, oh, great answer. And it's a total lie. You're like, I'm a temp and really I'm a stand-up at night. 
Or, you know, I'm no, I'm tired of temping and I want the health insurance with this job and I don't give a flying shit about it. And when I quit, it'll probably be really messy because I'm probably not even going to give two weeks notice. Um, and if my dreams came true and they put me on a sitcom, you know, this is me in my 20s. Uh, I'm fucking out of here. You know what I mean? And it's just so funny because I remember interviewing at this dot com and I didn't know that I was on the bubble of the dot com bust. I didn't know that in a year, every company ever would basically go under and very few would survive from that first batch. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And I'm like, oh, you know, five years, I'd love to just be taking more responsibilities at this company, going from executive assistant to maybe sales. And then, you know, who knows? And it's like, yeah, guess what? Any year was 9-11. And every investor that was going to invest in our company, either their company didn't exist anymore because it was in the towers or everything was terrible. And then the company went under two years later. So where I saw myself in five years was actually in LA doing stand-up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and that's where I was. It didn't, it's five years. Fuck off. So I thought that was, I thought that in the 90s was an invasive question. And now self-care, get the fuck out of here. So here are the green flags. When they ask questions about yourself, what are your interests, hobbies? What are you most proud of personally to show what kind of person you are than rather how much of a workhorse you'll be? They, this shows that they're interested in learning how you will fit into the team as a person. And they aren't interested in someone who eats, breathes, and sleeps work 24-7. They want to take a chance on someone who has work-life balance, who isn't going to burn out in six months. See, I don't agree with that. Just because you don't ask someone, what do you do personally? doesn't mean you can't get a sense of what kind of worker they are. And just because you want to get a sense of what kind of worker someone is, God forbid, you want them to work for you. So you would want, I want to know what kind of worker you are. I don't give a flying fuck about your hobbies. I really don't. You will notice that at work when you start telling me about your weekend. I'm only kidding. I actually, people that I work with, I my personal job that I have, I want to know what everyone's up to all the time. But like in an office where I'm like a temp, I don't give a flying fuck about anyone, but I'm just saying, there's a world where you can ask someone what kind of worker they are, and that helps you know how they fit into a team. Do you like to lead? Do you like to follow? Are you better you know, working on your own and then having someone check your work, or do you want to collaborate? If I say to some, if I have a project and I need six people to work on it and I need one person to lead it, one person who really hates leading and is really shy, but they'd be really good at, you know, working on their own hours from home on something and then someone else who loves to collaborate. So maybe those two people collaborate. You know what I mean? Like if I needed six different personalities like that, I would not figure it out by going, well, what's your hobby after work? You run, do you, do you hike, do you, do you barbecue, do you sail, do you like to knit? I mean, none of that's going to give me an idea. And I'm not going to go, wow, they have hobbies. They're not going to burn out in six months. Anyone could burn out. And this is what I'm saying. You guys, you can't ask the right questions to make sure that you don't end up with an employee who's going to burn out. Somebody with amazing amounts of hobbies could burn out. It just, I feel like what I'm seeing in the younger generation is this like, 
okay, if we do all the right things, we won't make mistakes and then nothing will be a surprise. It's like, guess what? That's not going to work either. And then what do you do for self-care? This is a signal they see work-life balance is important and want you to be self-aware about your mental health. That's not your fucking business. That's already a boundary right there. Like I'm calling HR. And by the way, it doesn't mean they want that. It means someone told them to ask that. Because if they really wanted it, they would create an environment that works for my mental health by providing a lounge, a yoga room, flexible hours, um, confidential uh, mental health services, you know, that kind of thing. Not going, so what do you do for your mental health? Nothing. I don't know if you'll fit in here because we're really into mental health and shaming people who won't talk about it in the interview. Imagine if I came in in an interview, oh, what do I do for mental health? Well, I take Vyvanse. It's a it's an ADHD stimulant. Um, I also take an antidepressant. I um, see a psychiatrist. I've been seeing one for 20 years. You think that's going to sound fucking great to people? Like, get the fuck off. If during the interview, they talk about more than just the business, if they tell you something personal about themselves, it turns into a conversation. It shows they're interested in you as a person. I don't want you to be... <sighs> Now, something like a writing job, it's a little more intimate and it's a lot about sharing your life stories in the room. But even then, they don't ask that in the interview. It just sort of comes out in the room and they they give you a contract for a short amount of time. And if you're a good fit, they renew it. And if you're not, they let you go. But you can only tell by doing. Ugh, it's so annoying. I'm not even going to go on and on. This one, as a mom, it's a major green flag when everyone I interview casually brings up their kids or family or has family photos on their desk. I want to know it's a place where there's an understanding that everyone has a life beyond work. So the only way to have one is to have a family. Like Just enough. This is foolish. None of this is right. And whoever is going about job hunting and job giving this way, I, I need to run some kind of seminar that's like, listen, everybody, Keep it simple. Everyone's going to fail at some point. That's where you do the learning. Stop talking about self-care. You sound like white people. Okay. Now, if you want to hear about my trip to Los Angeles, you can keep listening only on Patreon. So I'll see you all over there. That's right. You're going to join it right now. This is the day you finally do it. I'm serious. Go to those show notes. I don't know what show notes are. <laughs>